everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn Speaker, and available for download on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Uh, lots to get into. Going to dive right into it with the New York Jets. Now, for those of you listening, you know they're my football team. You know they're the team that I support. And on this episode, I want to highlight, now that some of the dust has settled in free agency, why the Jets have won this offseason. And there's multiple reasons why. I'll even get into some of the moves I didn't like them making, to be completely fair. But my first thought when I came into this podcast today was, times have changed in New York. If I was to tell you about this time last year, that a year from now the Jets not only would have the brighter future than the New York Giants, but they would look more organized and would look like the less chaotic organization. I think most football fans would say, oh, come on, that's not the case. This this is a team that just traded up to get a third pick in the draft. They're hoping to get the third best quarterback. They'll be lucky to get Josh Allen or Josh Rosen with that pick. I mean, they moved up all those draft picks just to get the third best guy in the draft. Come on. But a year later, the Jets appear to have their franchise quarterback. They've done a great job in free agency and still have cap room. They're going to have a good pick and a pick that they could potentially trade down for in the draft. And meanwhile, the New York Giants, it feels kind of good as a Jet fan to see this because you're so used to the Giants being organized, making those good draft moves, making those good decisions, and of course having a franchise quarterback in Eli Manning. Well, that has changed. Not only are they keeping Eli Manning, but they've traded away the best player, arguably, in New York football. And the face, I would make the case, of New York football. And this helps the New York Jets, I think, really establish themselves as the identity of New York football. Because Odell was the face for the last couple of years. Before that, it was Eli Manning. Now the Jets have a great opportunity. And look, they have two great faces to put out there for New York football. One of them is one of their newest free agent signings, and of course the other is Sam Darnold. So I'm going to get into the Jets offseason, which feels good just because the Giants aren't doing well. But I look at what the Jets are doing, and it makes a lot of sense. And the first thing I'm going to get to is the biggest free agent signing, which is Le'Veon Bell, which is great for the Jets for a couple of reasons. Number one, he didn't take a pounding in Pittsburgh last year. And it came out this week that he said he didn't want to hold out past week one, but he did because of the chaos in the Pittsburgh organization. And it just keeps getting worse and worse as stories are coming out that even this week, Ben Roethlisberger purposely fumbled a football in a game, reportedly, because he wanted to spite the offensive coordinator. So it just shows you the chaos of that organization. This is a guy who's grown up wanting to play for the Jets. But to me, this was huge for Sam Darnold's development. And it's a good contract, even though he's the second highest paid running back in the league right now. The Jets didn't really overspend for him, and in fact gave him a lesser deal than what the Steelers are going to give him. And the way this contract works for me is even if you get only two great years out Le'Veon Bell, if it helps Sam Darnold develop, it's a win. Have you noticed around this league what's working with young quarterbacks? It's good running backs. When Dak didn't have Zeke for his suspension... Cowboys struggled to move the football. Patrick Mahomes was laying the world on fire. Then he lost Kareem Hunt, and he came back down to earth. Jared Goff looked like an MVP last year. And then Todd Gurley got this reported arthritis. But do you see the common thread? These young quarterbacks, when do they succeed? It's when they have a good running back. 
isn't necessarily a receiver, a tight end. It's a running back, and the running back position is incredibly valued. It's not running the ball between the tackles 20 times a game. It's having a check down option, an ability to check the ball down out of the backfield and move Le'Veon Bell around. Le'Veon Bell is a unique running back because he's as good a receiver as he is a running back. This is a guy that they can move out in bubble screens. They can move him out into the slot. He will be a versatile back, and he might only run the ball 15 times a game. But where his value comes is when you get six or seven touches a game outside of the pocket, throwing the ball to him, trying to get that check down on a third and five to get a first down. That's going to be a big security blanket, but it's also going to help these other Jets receivers because every team is going to have to focus on covering Le'Veon Bell in space, which means more favorable matchups for Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inunua. So to me, this was a home run hit. It's a guy that I think is going to at least be mowed the first two years because of a brand new contract. And look, a lot of people were bashing him for holding out last year, and I think he wants to prove to the league, look, he's one of the best running backs. And he's in a good platform to do it. I think that it was a great job because, look, this whole offseason, I said, it's all about Sam Darnold, and that's what this offseason has been. And he was the biggest signing on the offensive side of the ball. Before I get to the defensive side, I'll stick with the offense, just all the offensive moves, then the defense, and then the special teams for the New York Jets. Another big move happened early in the offseason where the Jets didn't necessarily sign someone, but they got a very good deal. They traded for uh, Kaliche Osamel, I always say the last name wrong, uh, from the Oakland Raiders, who, let's not forget, was a former pro bowler and last year was banged up. So the Jets swapped basically a fifth round pick and got a sixth round pick from the Raiders for a potential all pro pro bowl left guard who's still in the prime of his career and when you look at the money people were saying oh that's too much money for a guard and then we saw that the Raiders paid Trent Brown to be a left tackle and then it seemed like a bargain I understand the Jets didn't get the left tackle they want but there really wasn't a great tackle out there the only other free agent I would have really wanted would have been Matt Pardis the center but going into next season, I mean, the the Colts last year showed you the importance of guard play. The Jets now have two very good guards, Brian Winters and Asamel in the middle. And he's a guy that they could even move out to right tackle if they want to. So at least now you have two set positions on the offensive line. Kelvin Beecham is a serviceable left tackle. I still think you can upgrade that potentially in the draft, but he's serviceable. So you have at least three positions down, and one of the other things I've liked what the Jets are doing is they've really just been looking to address the depth on the offensive line, whether that's bringing in Jonathan Harrison back, who was a versatile swing center and guard, um, came in for Spencer Long, uh, bringing in Brent Quaval, who was also a versatile offensive lineman, and bringing in Tom Compton from Minnesota, who was a guard, but I think if the very least case, they might try to swing him inside to center, potentially start him but they're really doing a good job building the depth. And that's been a criticism I've had the Jets the last couple of years was the depth on the offensive line, where if a, one of the main stars got injured, you were just terrified of what would happen. And even last year, we saw it with the Spencer Long Miami game, the infamous game where people were screaming, get him out of the game. He can't snap the ball back to Sam Darnold. But the Jets were reluctant because even though they had Jonathan Harrison, they're like, is he really that much better as a center than a Spencer Long, they can't snap. We don't know. So I think that just shows you the importance that they are putting on the offensive line. And I wouldn't be shocked if they trade that third pick down, try to get more picks, and get a tackle later in the draft. 
But that number three pick, the worst case scenario, the Jets are going to get one of the top three defensive players, whether it be Williams out of Alabama, Nick Bosa out of Ohio State, or Allen, I think, would be the best player just for their scheme. Look, I think Bosa could be the better pro, but for what they already have, they just need, and Jet fans know this, they need a burner, a speed guy off the edge, and Allen... I watched him in college, and the thing I loved about him in Kentucky is he fits this new game where he is an athletic specimen. He's a guy that can get out and cover. He's fast enough to cover some of these guys in the slot and these tight ends, but more importantly, he's a speedster off the edge and has a consistent motor. I've really enjoyed watching him play, and personally, I would love to see him because I think with what this team has already on the defensive side, you need a speed burner rusher, and he would fit the mold. Although, I wouldn't complain they got Nick Bosa or Williams either. They're they're great prospects, but uh, I, I just think I really like what the Jets are doing, really putting an emphasis on the offensive line. They go out, they get a good running back. Now they also went out and they got Jameson Crowder, who I think they got a bargain. I think when Crowder's healthy, he's a great slot receiver. Now a lot of people say, well, wait a minute, they already have Quincy Anua in the slot. But Noon was one of those hybrid players, and I think they got him at a good deal. The only concern I have is the injury issues that he's had in recent years, and the same with Crowder. But I do think Crowder fits that nice role because he's a shiftier receiver. He's got better speed. You can put him on the outside to maybe run a go route two or three times a game, try to take a shot down the field. Where a new one, I think you can almost use him as a hybrid tight end or fullback even out of the backfield. I think that... Really, for Adam Gase, he's going to have a lot of different versatile players that he can move around in different formations and give Sam Darnold the best matchups. So I'm just looking that they've done a great job bringing in good players. They brought back Eric Tomlinson, who's a good blocking tight end along that offensive line. And then I look at the defense. I think they did a great job on the defense. And the best way to help Sam Darnold, hey, give him good defense. And you already have an elite safety, one of the top three safeties, in my opinion, in Jamal Adams. And you went out and got one of the top three middle linebackers in the game in C.J. Mosley. Now, I know a lot of people have said the Jets have vastly overpaid him, but here's the way I look at it. They had the cap space to do it, and the way this contract is structured, it doesn't really hurt the Jets because he's going to be paid while Sam Darnold's on his rookie deal for most of the contract. So for me, it makes a lot of sense, and maybe they thought there was someone else that was going to swoop in and give him a big offer. I mean, it's rare to see a guy that's this talented, that this this versatile. And I understand that people will say, well, Avery Williamson was a great linebacker for the Jets. Mosley is a bigger difference maker. He's not known for his coverage, but he's an underrated coverage guy. He is just a ball hawk in the middle of the field. And, you, and we've heard Greg Williams, he's sticking with the 3-4. You put those two in the middle of that 3-4 defense, you're not going to be able to run the football. And I think the biggest reason why they did this, too, was it gives them a reason to move off Darren Lee. Uh, could I see Darren Lee potentially being a rotational guy where they put him on the edge to rush the passer more in this system? That's potentially the case. But I don't think Darren Lee's long for this team because don't forget his rookie contract's coming up. They're either going to have to give him a fifth-year option for a lot of money or sign him to a long-term deal. And look, I'm not – Darren Lee – Every he's a funny player because every time he shows you something, it, it just something bad happens. He's had the off the field issues. I still remember the rookie year where Leonard Williams had to pull him out of a situation off the field. He's had the off the field issues. He has this great year this year. Looks like he's finally turning the corner, finally playing like a first round pick. And that term bust is finally getting off him because a lot of Jet fans felt like, look, we sent a 20th pick on this guy. 
We spent the 20th pick. This is what we're getting. And then finally, he looks like worth the investment. And then, of course, he gets busted for the performance-enhancing drugs. And he has to be suspended down the rest of the season. And the sad part is his replacements, who were undrafted, they played just as well. I mean, there wasn't really a big difference when Derrick Lee left the lineup. So, for me, I think that this was a move that I don't know if the Jets will maybe play him in training camp, maybe play him the first couple of weeks and see if they can move him during the season, get that value back up, or they might just cut him and save some money. But to me, Darren Lee isn't long for the Jets in the long term. And another move that I like what they did was bringing back Henry Anderson, who I actually thought played a lot better than Leonard Williams last year. Finally healthy, fits his 3-4 scheme. He They're staying with the 3-4, seven sacks for the Jets, led the team. I thought he was a great underrated player this year that no one really talked about. And to me, outperformed Leonard Williams, which brings me to my next point, which is now the Jets have some flexibility when they bring in, when they brought back uh, McClendon, they kept uh, Anderson. Now they have the potential. If they want to, they can move off Leonard Williams. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, wait a minute, Leonard Williams is a great defensive lineman. He is a very talented defensive lineman, but it'll be interesting to see who they use that first pick on, especially if it's Williams. I think the wearing will be on the board. But the thing with Leonard Williams is he's a very good player, and I understand a lot of this. He's been double teamed. But when he was drafted six overall, he was considered the best prospect in that draft. And there are times you see glimpses of it where you see him dominate. But there are so many times where you're just expecting him to be a dominant interior lineman and you just don't see it. Now, I understand that a lot of it, maybe Henry Anderson got better matchups on the outside. I think that could have been part of it. But when Anderson's out playing him, it's just frustrating. And I don't think the Jets want to give him that fifth-year option and pay him a lot of money because don't forget, this team, they are still haunted by that Muhammad Wilkerson contract. And I'm, it's very difficult because I do believe Leonard Williams and Muhammad Wilkerson are different guys, but I do know people inside the organization, and there have been rumblings that they are concerned about giving him a long-term contract because for two reasons. Number one, they're not sure how motivated he will be once he gets that contract, but I think the biggest reason is they're worried it could be a Muhammad Wilkerson 2.0 which is you give a guy a massive contract and then it just kind of, they have it, they're satisfied. It's like, okay, I got my money. I'm good. And maybe I'm wrong about Leonard Williams. I hope I am. I hope he has a great season this year. But I do think the Jets are a little bit hesitant about that because don't forget, they've drafted three great defensive linemen with a lot of talent in the first round, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, and now Leonard Williams, and at one time we're like, this is going to be the most dominant defensive line in the league, and since then, Muhammad Wilkerson went to Green Bay, got hurt again, hasn't really done anything, especially since he got the big contract, and even Sheldon Richardson, look, he showed flashes last year, but he has not played like he did when he was the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. He never reached that potential that he looked like he could be the next top three defensive lineman in this game. And he's still a very talented individual. Personally, I, I love his motor, and I thought that they should have kept him over Muhammad Wilkerson. 
But there's a reason why the Jets have moved off him, the Vikings have moved off him, now he's in Cleveland. If he, I always say this, if you are an incredibly talented player, there should be no reason why you move more than once in your NFL career because they're going to do everything to keep you on that team. So I think that the Anderson was a good contract. Some people say it was a little bit expensive for what they were getting, but he played good last year. He was rewarded with a good contract. It's a favorable contract. And I do think it it gives them a backup plan in case they decide to move on from Leonard Williams eventually. And the another signing on the defense that I really love was Brian Poole. I thought this was a great signing because even though Morris Claiborne played well last year, this was a cheap signing. This was a good deal. And look, with the Falcons last year, he showed some flashes especially in that slot corner position. This is a kid with a lot of upside. He's got a good opportunity. and It's a good contract for the Jets because it's a one-year contract. If he plays great, they can give him an extension. But if it doesn't work out, it's they can move on to the next one. And with, with Maurice Claiborne, I think they've gotten a lot out of him the last two years. But with his early injury history, it's kind of hard to bank on him and want to give him a long-term contract. And once again, this team, they're still paying Tremaine Johnson a lot of money, and they don't want to invest that on the defensive side of the football. They already have made that big investment in the cornerback department, and they're locked in there. So I think that that was a smart move. Overall, I think the Jets' defense is better. I think their offense is better, and I think this is a team that could win eight or nine games next year. I really do, and that's even before the draft. I think the draft, you're going to see them look for pass rushers, potentially more corners. I think you're also going to see an emphasis on the offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised they take two or three picks, although the history of Mike McCagnan is he doesn't like to draft guys in the offensive line, but this is a pretty good class, so we will see. I do think they'll draft a center, especially in there, but I want to get to the negative. Um... And I get that last year was a tough year because this Jets team, there's a reason why they're the third pick of the draft. But one of the bright spots was the special teams, and they have a great special teams coach, and I get that. And I get letting go of your all-pro returner. I get that because the way the game is shifting, returns, even with the new kickoff rules, returns are being limited because of the how they've changed the yardages how you get a lot more touchbacks I mean they're trying to take the kickoffs out of the game even with the new rules the kickoffs are becoming less and less valuable but to me letting go of Jason Myers and I understand that the Seahawks gave him a big contract but letting go of a young kicker and I know it was only one year but letting go of a young kicker that that was really good and letting him go as a pro bowler that's a tough loss, and I, I'm big on the special teams, and I know Mike McCagden has been never been a guy in the front office who has overspent on kickers and has never really valued the kicking game, but you look at a lot of the great teams, they usually have a great kicker, and they pay the kicker a lot of money because they understand how valuable having a great, consistent kicker is, and they brought back Zaro, who, while he was with the Jets, wasn't bad. But you look at how it went in Tampa, it didn't finish so good. And I just think it was a mistake when you have a good young kicker that you've developed into a pro bowler to just let him go. And I understand it was a big contract with the Seahawks, but they had a ton of cap space. I mean, nothing would be more frustrating next year than if you have Canzaro. Darnold leads a good six-minute drive to get you into a 45-yard field goal, and Canzaro just shanks it off the upright. It, to me, I think special teams are undervalued because of the way the game has changed to try to eliminate a lot of the special teams. 
But to me, the kicking game is more valuable than ever, where points are so special, and especially in MetLife Stadium, where it's a windy stadium, where you play outdoors in November and December, in Buffalo, in New England, in New York. It's bad weather for the last six, seven weeks of the season. You need a kicker that can punch that ball through those harsh winds. And Myers had the leg to do it. And I I thought that was the biggest mistake. That's the biggest move that I think the Jets will regret this offseason. Now, hopefully, maybe they find a different kicker. Maybe the Canzaro is great next year. I don't know. But overall, look, I love what they've done in the defense. They have a stud linebacker now in the middle of that defense. As Jamal Adams says, he's looking for dogs. They got a big dog in the middle, arguably one of the best ones in football. They've improved the defense. Uh, I think that they've improved the offensive line without question. They've added great depth to the offensive line. But most importantly, they've given Sam Darnold weapons. And you look, the last four weeks of the season, he played great. And the Jets' pro football focus said they had a bottom three running game, a bottom three offensive line, and bottom three, five, I believe it was three or five. I'll look that up later. But wide receiving core. I mean, they don't really have a lot of great weapons last year, and he still played exceptionally well against great teams down the stretch. So you give Darnold a great running back. We've seen what good running backs have done with Zeke, with Dak, how that's helped Kareem Hunt, how he helped Patrick Mahomes early on, Jared Goff, how he's been impacted by Todd Gurley. Young quarterbacks, they need good running backs. Give them a security blanket. Give them a guy they can give the ball to 18, 20 times a game. Take pressure off them. When they get a lead, they can run the clock. And to me, the Jets have hit a home run this offseason. And I think they've done a great job. And they still have a lot of cap space. I still think they can make some good underrated moves now. And with the draft, they can trade for more draft picks. But I think they're in a good position with the three pick. But we will be with the Jets this entire offseason. Of course, mock drafts are coming up. You know I did this all last year. You know I did this all last year. I do a full mock draft for the New York Jets, and I go all their draft picks. I'm not giving you just their first-round pick. Heck no, I'm going all the draft picks they have, including all the different movements, with the latest including the additions of the Raiders picks and losing the fifth pick for that trade early in the offseason. I'm going to give you my draft picks. That's coming up in a week, who I believe the New York Jets should draft. Now, the first one, I'm going to put a little bit of an asterisk on. It's going to be if the order is exactly as it is. There's going to be some mock drafts. I'm going to throw some trade possibilities. Jets trading back with teams, maybe even trading up back into the first round or second round to get an additional player. So those mock drafts are coming up. Make sure you log in and listen wherever you are, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify to the latest Rich Sports Talk as we will be bringing you all those New York Jets full mock drafts before the big day in April. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here on Rich Sports Talk.